to that. But even after that moment, Paul was very open and very honest about his experience. He was very honest about his struggle. And on the outside, a lot of people would see this strong believer, this strong church leader, this church planner, preacher, par excellent, uh, a cultural phenomenon, a brilliant mind. Here was Paul, but he had some struggles on the inside. Paul was struggling with some stuff. Paul was honest about really his spirituality. He was like, you know, sometimes I'm really trying to do the right thing, and sometimes it doesn't happen. Can anybody identify with Paul? And I love what Paul writes. He says, sometimes I just feel too human. I just feel too human. Like the person I want to be, which is the spiritual nature that God has given me, that's what I really want to flow in. Like I really want to be that guy. I want to be that woman who says the right things, who believes the right things, who has patience with people, who, who's ready to serve, who's ready to give, who, who has peace. That's the person I want to be when I get up at like 7 o'clock and I open my Bible app and I read a couple of scriptures. But let me be honest with you, by 7.05, I've gone from Ellen White to Cardi B. Like I've just, I, I'm just, I'm just on a, I'm a, I'm on a whole nother mission by that point. And I'm, I'm struggling with that. And I love what Paul is teaching about that. Have you ever been called to something? We all have some things, right? We, we really can't get rid of. And sometimes we don't notice it. Like, I think sometimes I'm a little too optimistic. I think I sometimes believe a little too hard. And this is why I have to avoid garage sales. Now, I grew up with my mom. My mom's a garage sale person. Like, she, my mom's on the thrift tip. I like thrift. I do. I really like thrift. I like Goodwill. I like those kind of things. And so, I, if at a garage sale or Goodwill or something like that, you know what I see? I see potential. Like, I see stuff <laughs> that I could maybe turn around. You know, like, oh, you know what? I used to like a George Foreman grill. Like, I know the wires are probably all split and going to burn down my house, but I think I might be able to go on YouTube and, and get that soldered or something. <laughs> like, this, <laughs> this cabinet is toe up, but you know what? I, probably, I could probably do something with that. I could probably hook that up. I'm a little too, too optimistic, right? I, I just believe a little bit too hard. I bet you if I did a little bit of an interview with all of you, there's probably some things that as dignified as you are, as old as you are, you still got some twos in your life, right? I'll tell you one or more of my weaknesses too. When I was a kid, my mom would make a cake or, a, or brownies, because, you know, people, you can still make stuff now, right? Y'all know that, right? <laughs> a lot of people don't make stuff anymore. They just order it. But back in the day, you used to have to make a cake. Anybody still? Okay. So anytime my mom would make a cake or make brownies, I got to lick the bowl. Did anybody ever do that? If you didn't, we need, you need some counseling. You really need to talk to somebody. Your parents have deprived you. Now, I loved the brownie mix. Ooh, that was my favorite. Now, I didn't know anything about eating raw eggs and all that kind of stuff. But, but, but I loved to eat the, the cookie dough and the cake. Now, see, that's my other thing, cookie dough. Ooh, don't make cookies around me. I will eat. 
about a hamburger side. I just have a cookie dough hamburger just walking around chewing on it. I love that. And so, so you know, we, we don't make stuff like that as much anymore. If we do, it typically doesn't have any eggs in it. So it's not that sweet. But I can be washing the dishes sometimes, and if, if somebody made a cake, I'm going to be honest with you. Even if it's in the sink already, I'm just, I'm just telling you, like, <laughs> it's a struggle. It's a tip. It could be in the sink. There could be like a spatula in there and like a fork, maybe like a little macaroni in there. But I will look for the edges that have not been touched. I'm just telling you. That's how deep it is for me. But we all, we all have something. We honest, right? Like, it'll come out. Come on, talk to me. Somebody put the wrong song on. You might rock to the corner store and get some Newports and an old E. I'm just saying. You might take it. You might take it there. You put the wrong movie on. Hmm? Can, can we talk about it in church? S- somebody, somebody cut you. I don't care how dignified you are. Somebody cut you off. Like all that's coming out. The country, the hood, I don't care what. You will be cussed. All of that will come out. Rolling your eyes, snapping your neck. I don't care how dignified you are. It's coming out. That's why I could never be in politics. It's, I'm not going to be that cool. It's not going to work. I'm not getting reelected. I'm going to be offended. And I'm going to respond. Here's the thing. We all have to deal with the war with ourselves. That's what Paul's talking about. He's talking about a war with myself. Listen how strange that sounds. But it's true. Because here's, here, here's the deal. Sometimes your worst enemy is you. The devil's like, hey, I didn't do that. I did a lot of stuff, but I did not do that to them. That was all. That, I'm not taking credit for that. Sometimes you don't need any temptation. You don't need anybody coming after you. Just you and you. Conflict. You and you. Pressure. And a lot of times we are fighting the person that's in there. And here's the thing. We usually don't like that person. We have sometimes built up a very good system to keep that person quiet, to keep that person guarded, to keep that person back. Because we know in the wrong space, they'll show up. In the wrong situation, or should I say the right situation, they'll show up. And here's the thing. Our walk with God, our, our walk with Christ, it is a surrender process. It is not an overnight thing. This sinful nature that we have is strong. The Bible talks about we were shaped in it. We were born in it. It's, it's, it's primal. It's to the depth. We have a proclivity. That's just a big word to say. We are leaning towards sin all of the time. And it is a, it is a request to say, God, I'm asking you every single day by your Holy Spirit to refresh me to change my nature, to change my default, 
right? To uninstall that hard, that software and reinstall this software from the beginning so I can have a better chance to be successful in what you want me to do. Let me say it this way, because this is really what God uh, was really impressing me about. And I want to start from here, and I kind of want to give you some teaching from this particular scripture um, from this point. Your primary relationship is with you. Your primary, your first, your most foundational relationship is with you. And your relationship with you affects all other relationships. You don't have a relationship with God without having a relationship with you. That's called religion. That's called practicing behavior in front of people, but not really having any power. That's called just, you teach me what to say and do in public, and then I'm going to do my own thing. So you can't have a relationship with God without having a relationship with you. Because God's not interested in, the, in how you show up. He's interested in you. Can I say it a little bit better? God's not interested in the behavior that you can pull yourself together and show people. He's interested in the real person, the real you, when you're by yourself, the one that you don't like. That's the person that he actually likes. That's the person he actually died for. That's the person he's actually trying to get to is that you that's inside that he knows. He has to protect you from. He knows he has to guard you. He knows he has to cover your mistakes. He finds a way so that nobody sees when the real you shows up. I want you to understand that that is not your intellect. That is not your willpower. That is nothing but the grace of God. Everyone in here left unguarded by the Holy Spirit would end up somewhere they shouldn't be. Can we just be honest about that? That is the grace of God. Some of us can confess some things that we did that we should not have survived, that we should not have been able to be afforded even the lifestyle that we have. I want you to know that is the grace of God. And so your primary relationship is with you. And Paul is teaching us this lesson. He's teaching us that we need Jesus. He's trying to teach us that, look, as good as you think you are, you cannot manage yourself. You need to daily, daily surrender yourself. Here, can we just talk about this real quick? Because I, I know I mentioned before, if I can go back to the other slide, about your primary relationship. Not everybody's in a, in a romantic relationship or in a marriage relationship. I understand that. This is still for you. Don't check out if you're single. Here's the thing about a a long-term relationship or a committed relationship. Most times, they can see the you that you're trying to hide. And most times, they know when that you shows up. So, if someone falls in love with the you that you put forward and not the you that you really are, it's not going to last. Because it takes two people putting up energy to put up a front 
and hide who they really are long enough to not get exposed. Yeah, so the real you, most times, someone's crazy enough to say, I love you. Like, I love the real you. Like, I love the you that you are afraid of. Because not all of what you think about you is death is bad. Because God sees the, the potential in you. He just knows what it's grounded in. And he says, it's, if your sinful nature is allowed to dominate, you will never be the you that I created you to be. And so you need me to help you be the you that I want you to be. Are you still following me? So when we set up the you that we want to be, we are not going to be successful because the you that we really are will keep showing up. And unfortunately, it will show up in the wrong way and at the wrong time and at the wrong place. Does that make sense? Let me hear you say amen. Here's the thing. Whether you believe in God or not, whether you believe in this or not, whether you're just getting started with all of this, you know you need something. Like, you know you need something. You know everything is not what it should be. You know that you need something. And sometimes you try your best to find something, but you need something. But as a believer, the more we realize that we are too human, we realize that there's no worse version of too human. If, if we believe, we understand that your too human really isn't worse than my too human. That your too human is just as bad as my too human. And that I really need Jesus. And here's the thing about this church. What we're trying to do is we want this to be a movement. We don't want this to be just a place for you to come and pretend to be who you are not. No, we are interested in you becoming the you that Jesus died for. And so that means you're going to have to sometimes be confronted with what's your next step. You're going to be confronted in a godly way that, look, I'm really not satisfied with what version you've chosen to choose. Let me, let me put it this way. Here's a problem. Falling in love with this version of you. Don't fall in love with this version of you. But you don't understand, like, I've worked really hard, and I'm very professional now, and Got a great routine, great job. Look, my voice just changed. I mean, I, this, this is, I mean, I'm not living in that trailer park. I'm not like my cousin, right? I'm, I'm not doing that. Don't, don't fall in love too quickly with this version of you because this is not the inversion. This is, if, if I fell in love with the four years in version of me pastoring this church. And I said, this is good. This is it, right? We're, we're doing okay. Like, we're fine. Like, you know, I've got a, I got a job. I got a roof over my head and few people to preach to. We're doing good. But God's like, no, you don't, don't fall in love with this version. Like, this is not the version that I'm done with. Like, nobody in here has an iPhone 3. <laughs> I love my phone. I'm never going to upgrade. Uh, okay. You can keep it, but guess what? Stuff's not going to work anymore, right? 
There are certain programs that are not going to function. Don't fall in love with this version, especially if it's the version that you created. Especially if it's the version that you programmed. There's a better version. I love what Paul is trying to teach. Paul's trying to break this thing down. And this is what I want to highlight in the text as we go back to the text for a few minutes and then we'll wrap up here um, probably next few minutes. So good. Let's get through these real quick and I'll try my best to teach this in a clear way. Here's a few highlights from the text that I want to teach today because here's what I want you to do. I want you to start taking ownership. I want you to start being aware of your version because that way you can say, you know what? I'm going, to, I'm going to see some things about myself, and daily I'm going to be reminded that I need Jesus. I, I want you, like I want to be stuck, that, stuck in your mind. Whenever you feel something like, you know what, I need Jesus for this. Like don't take yourself too seriously. Don't take yourself, like just don't be like, I got this. No, usually the times we think we, we got this. That's when that you was waiting to show up, right? And that you was scary. He's like, ah, what's up? You're like, oh, man, what are you doing here, right? So God's like, no, 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 no. You need me to put this, ah, put that in check, right? Let's, okay, anyway, let's keep going. All right. So Romans uh, 7. So this is what Paul says. So the trouble is not with the law, for it is spiritual and good. The trouble is with me. For I'm all too human, a slave to sin. I really don't understand myself. For what I want to do, I want to do what's right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. Here's what I want to pull from Paul. First of all, you got to own your disposition. Own your disposition. What do I mean by that? You have to understand how you are arranged. As, as we're talking about this sinful nature, there are some things that inside of you that you struggle with that are sinful. Can I give you, can I give you some news? It's not coming from you. You inherited it. Yeah, it was passed down to you. Some of those things that are so strong, you're like, why is this so strong on me because some of those things have literally been you have been arranged in it you have heard your mom say it you have heard whoever raised you you have seen it a thousand times and no regardless if you say I am never going to be like my dad guess what you are and you may not even know who your dad is but guess what you are can I just tell you when I when I saw my dad I didn't see my dad for like 20 something years and I saw him um, in 2000, uh, was it 2008? And we connected uh, for the first time, literally in 25 years, hadn't seen him. And we went out to eat. And I'm talking about like, I grew up with my dad till I was probably about four years old. Didn't remember too much after that. Didn't really see him or talk to him. We're sitting down in the restaurant and I can barely eat because I'm just looking at myself. I'm just like, what? This is so strange. The way he's talking to the waitress, what, 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 food on his shirt, like all of that. Like my dad is just cracking jokes, and I'm just like, I'm looking at this guy. And and in my, you know, in my, I didn't really understand how to approach this relationship, so I was a little tough on him. You know, I said, well, I need to know some of the things that you struggle with. Like I was kind of coming out a little too hard, but the reality is, like, you need to know how you're arranged. You need to understand that. That without Jesus, you can't just run from what you think is there. And it takes a maturity, and it's really a daily sense of forgiveness and confession. It's a very 
Christian biblical practice to every day really get used to confessing and saying I'm wrong and going through that forgiveness process, that process magnifies and you begin to ask questions about wondering where does this really come from? Sometimes you just got to own your disposition. You got to say, look, the people in my family are alcoholics. The people in my family, they run around on people. People in my family, they don't manage their money well. People in my family, they're not successful in long-term relationships. They're, They're wandering around. They're shaky. People in my family are afraid. Own that. And then you say, Jesus. So when you get there and you realize that's coming out of you, you can say, no, I need some help. And a lot of times we're so angry at people who have hurt us. And we have, this is, we're angry because we're aware of it. Not just because it hurts us, but we're attuned to it. And there are people that we, most of the people you don't like have the same issue you have. Because you're aware of it. I don't like the way she talks to me. Nobody likes the way you talk to people too. That's why you don't like her. Well, they're just impatient. That's because you're impatient. And when you understand your disposition, you come into a church and the church says, I'm going to give you a a job and you're not going to be able to give your opinion because you're opinionated. And this job is going to let you sit down and wrestle with your opinionated self so God can teach you how to not open your mouth every time your mouth wants to open. Is this making sense? Let me go to the next part. Here's the next one. Let me just go to the point. You got to own your condition. I love what Paul says in the middle. And I know nothing good lives in me. This is my sinful nature. I want to do what's right. He starts freestyling. He goes back and forth. Basically, I'm trying to do the right thing, but it doesn't work. This is the thing. You got to know where you're broken. You got to know what's broke. Like, I'm not good. After 9 o'clock at night, like after 9 o'clock at night, I need to, I need to put my phone, I need to bury it in the backyard. I'm serious. I'm not good by myself. I don't have anybody in my life speaking the truth to me. I'm broken. I'm broken here. You don't have to go around saying, hey, guess what, everybody? I'm broken. You don't have to because most people see it. Can we just be honest? You see it. Like all of you are like, I don't, somebody you're like, I don't know why. Like, I don't know why he keeps doing this to me. I just keep forgiving him. And you just rolling your eyes like, oh my, are you stupid all? Like, what's wrong with you? Everybody knows, like, break up with you. I don't know why. Just give a chance. And you're just like, oh my, everybody sees it. Everybody sees it. And you're all like, hey, nothing wrong with me. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with me. I'm good. No, you're not good. It's because people love you that they're tolerating it. But Jesus is like, look, can you stop fronting? Like, let me just, let me just get to you and let me show you where you're broken. Not to shame you, not to expose you, but to deal with it. Because the quicker you deal with it, the sooner this gets broken in your family. The sooner you humble yourself and let it be known, the faster this breaks your family. And then the next person, the next, your kids will not have to deal with something God has been trying to break for generations and generations and generations. My children will know who I am. 
will be burned in their heads my voice I may not be rich but they'll say every day my dad was here he was fair he didn't do the right thing all the time but he was there let me keep going here's the last one you got to own your position Romans 7 21 to 24 says this I've discovered this principle that when I want to do right I inevitably do wrong he says oh verse 24 what a miserable person I am who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin I'm not into UFC I'm just not I don't know why I'm just not I ain't knocking nobody else I'm just I'm just not into it but occasionally I'll see it and I just don't like what it looks like when you're losing in that fight like it just it just (laughs) I just feel afraid I feel afraid like the person is always like gasping for air you know their ears (laughs) look like broccoli and cauliflower and they just look jacked and then the knees and all that it's just it looks like this is their last fight and they're getting dominated and, and here's the thing like you get in that cage with your sin you're getting dominated that sin is beating the brakes off you I don't care how many hits you get in it is it's got you in the choke hole right and, and you're not tapping out I was like man you need to understand your position own it no, look, when you are powerless, I don't have any power right here. God said, cool. You got that. Great. We're on the same page. Not powerful here. Right. What do we do with that? Uh, keep trying. Wrong answer. What, what do we do with that? Uh, we pretend like it's not a problem. No, keep trying. Got two more answers left. <laughs> what do we do with that? Ask for help perfect answer because can't nobody fight like Jesus nobody can wrestle like Jesus no one's stronger than Jesus no one's more powerful than Jesus in fact the Bible says when we are weak that's what makes us eligible for his strength he's like I'm not going to give you my strength as long as you think you can win when you're ready to give up let me know because the moment you give up that's when I'll make you strong. And what God will do is keep bringing that weakness up to you and showing how strong he is in those moments. He doesn't just put you away from him. He says, cool, let's keep putting you back into the situation. And every time you get there, you're going to get stronger and you're going to get better and you're going to get faster and you're going to accept my strength to one day it's not going to be a problem for you. Can I just give you some hope that one of these days... It's not going to be a problem. One of these days, you're going to be able to open up. One of these days, you're going to be able to forgive. One of these days, you're going to be able to have peace in the storm. You're not going to be broke. You're not going to be angry. You're not going to be addicted. You're not going to be bitter. You're not going to be judgmental. One of these days, you're going to have freedom. You know why? Because here's what it says. It says, thank God the answer is in Jesus Christ our Lord. Wait a minute, Paul. You didn't ask a question. Paul's like, I know I didn't ask a question. I'm just telling you, whatever the question you have, 
Jesus is the answer. You can fill in the blank between verse 24 and 25. It doesn't matter. I'm Paul trying to break it down to you that Jesus is AI in his prime. Jesus is number three. He is the answer. Jesus is the one who will give you the strength, who will bring you deliverance. And so two human means you need some help. You need some help. And here's the thing. Jesus is waiting to give it. But you got to be like, I'm too human right now. Like, listen, this this is not what I want to be. And this is what I love what Paul says. The very fact that you are aware that you're doing wrong means you're listening to God. The very fact that you're aware of it means the law is working. Paul's like, yeah. I'm aware of the law. That means it's working. Nothing wrong with the law. Nothing wrong with the rules. Nothing wrong with the truth. It's just exposing that I'm doing something wrong. So the fact that you feel wrong about it is good news. The moment you're like, this ain't wrong. The moment you're like, oh, I ain't doing nothing wrong. That's the problem. Because what you have done is you have fallen in love in the version of you that you have created. And God's like, I'm not on the iPhone 3 no more. God's like, I'm on the 11. I'm on the XR 11 plus, whatever. I mean, the Apple belt. I mean, I'm on that. Like, whatever that is. <laughs> whatever the next thing is, I'm on that. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting for you. So I'm going to pray for you today. I just want to pray. Won't take long. Real quick, heads out, by eyes closed. I took some extra time. Because it's our anniversary. We can do that. Take eight extra minutes. (laughs) I'm just telling you, like, just try it. Just try it. I want to pray for you. Whatever your next step is, whatever. We we have some next steps on a card that are just like, you know, accept Jesus. That's what this is just saying, Jesus, I need your help. We have some other things, but your next step may not be what we wrote on the card. It just may be you saying, I need to do this. And I want to pray for you today. So heads are bowed, your eyes are closed. I want to pray for someone. Someone just saying, yep, that's me. Too human all day long. But I'm going to try this. I, I need some help. And Jesus, you're the answers. That's simple. I don't have nothing else to say. I don't know anything else, but you're the answer. I'm going to cry for help when I need it. If I need to pray for you today, would you just raise your hand if that's you I'm praying for? God bless you. Father, I pray for every hand that's up, all the decisions that are being made, the help that is dispatching from heaven right now. Father God, thank you for those who are willing to say, I'm the one, I'm in trouble. I need you like I've never needed you before. And I pray that you will answer their request. I pray that you will show them that you believe in them and that you want them to be the you that you've called them to be. This is our prayer, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Anybody feel like giving God praise? Anybody just feel like my strength is coming back? My joy is coming back? I'm not going back to that same old stuff. Like, I I know I was weak coming in, but I feel pretty strong right now. Anybody just feel like just giving God a little bit more? It's not for me. I'm just saying, like, I'm just giving you a space to just 
thank God and say, yeah, I'm going back different. Like, I'm going back better. I'm going back stronger. Like, I know I'm human, but this is not the end for me. This is not the final word. Like, there's so much more that God wants to do with me. And because this is my church, I just feel like giving God praise again. I can't clap my hands because I'm holding the mic. But I'm going to put the mic down.